promised a week seven review, and I'm delivering it, whether it be short or not. But I am mobile, so you know what that means. Let's get it on. everybody it's your boy d roy find me on twitter at roy dog underscore 13 that is r-o-y-d-a-w-g underscore one three it's wednesday how is everybody i'm doing well uh let's see going to work saved a couple of bucks on a pack of smokes hey anytime i can get a deal on some cigarettes nowadays i'm gonna take it but any which way we're looking back at week seven uh, the spreadsheet for week eight is almost already complete. Uh, that's why you're not getting the podcast from my house and you're getting it from the car because I wanted to get a couple of things entered so that while I was at work, bring the laptop around and finish a couple of things up without having to worry about carrying around any extra fucking pieces of paper with me. So week seven review, we're going to look at the core four here real quick. Core four was Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup, and Alan Lazard. Leonard Fournette and Josh Jacobs, I think that goes without saying that they were hugely successful. Now, Cooper Cup, not so great. But the whole purpose of the core four is to keep ourselves covered. Um, Just in case of any type of blow up uh, based solely or not solely on just um, ownership, but the position that they're in uh, for the game and the game script. Uh, Cooper Cup failed based on the fact that they just literally beat the shit out of Atlanta and they didn't really have the pass anymore, so it all went to Gurley. Um, so, but he carried such a high ownership into cash that. If he did go off and we didn't have him, we were going to be completely screwed. Uh, Did not kill any lineup whatsoever. It's just that he didn't get the explosion that we needed. Alan Lazard, another one. um, Came in at very, very, very low ownership uh, for cash games, which was kind of surprising. Um, Now, the news of... The uh, like MVS and 
Geronimo Allison playing uh, really killed the notion of using Alan Lazard. I had talked to a couple of people who had DM'd me, and we kind of talked about the situation at hand. The thing of it is, is he was still viable in that offense because you did not know if Allison and MVS were actually going to uh, finish those games. Geronimo Allison came in doubtful, which means he really should not have been in that game whatsoever. So it was surprising to see him in there. Uh, the <sighs> Alan Lazard did not hit value. He almost did, actually, on DK, where he was 3K, and he ended up with, like, 7.4 points, I believe, um, on FanDuel. You know, he wasn't coming anywhere close to it. But with the amount of savings that you had on there, it was going to allow you to fit other options in. And that's what we had talked about was whether it was still worth the risk of keeping him in there or not or moving on whatsoever. Doing that would probably have altered more of the core four, probably pulling it off of Cup. Now, again, you know, Cup failed, but if Cup would have went off and we had to pivot, um, we would have lost probably pretty profoundly uh, just based on that switch out alone. Um, so that's why we kept him in there. Uh, let's go through positions. Uh, we'll start with the cash game quarterbacks, which was, oh, my good God. Terrible, 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 terrible. Except for one guy. And it was the guy I moved in last minute, the cash slash GPP guy, Jared Goff. Why was it a good play to go with Jared Goff? Why was it okay to assume a little bit of risk? Because he was facing an Atlanta defense that absolutely has not stopped quarterbacks all year and uh, still continues to just allow mounds and mounds of points to not only um, the quarterback in general, but his past targets as well. The guys have failed. Russell Wilson... um, Matt Ryan, uh, Kyler Murray, all were bad. Lamar Jackson actually salvaged himself uh, with his legs, and he actually had a pretty decent day, so it wasn't too bad. But that it is very, very, uh, uh, I don't know how to say this. It's, it's, it's unacceptable to only have two of the five uh, actually hit. So I'm a little upset with that. Uh, Moving on to the GPP quarterbacks, you had uh, Deshaun Watson, who eh, didn't do great, but didn't actually fail. He actually did get up into the 20-point region, so that was fine. Uh, Josh Allen, I warned of it that there was something with the game, and he's been turnover prone. So uh, that's just kind of what happens. And Daniel Jones, who was popping up in a lot of people's, uh, cash game lineups, and I don't know why, considering the fact that I clearly stated that I wasn't going to trust him in cash. So, um, more than likely, just for the pay down amount, I'm assuming is what everybody went for. Um, but that's what I'm trying to avoid is trying to get guys into those riskier, um, or those get rid of those riskier options. 
in there. But, I mean, GPP-wise, I guess it was okay because you were facing um, Arizona defense that had been kind of giving up some points to quarterbacks. But the problem is, is that we're trusting in Daniel Jones. That's why... Danny Dimes is only going to be in GPP no matter what situation he is, especially with Saquon Barkley back. Saquon's going to be more of the cash option, um, as well as guys like, you know, Golden Tate and Evan Ingram. And usually that's going to be, you're going to take one of those pieces and ride that piece. Running backs. Got Dalvin Cook. Perfect. No problems there. Leonard Fournette was a success. Even though he didn't score a touchdown, I was really hoping he was going to get that touchdown. Um, uh, Chris Carson, fail. Uh, Let's pass on that one. Josh Jacobs um, was a success. Frank Gore was a fail. Frank Gore was actually really kind of a surprise in that game. Um, they only did, they did give seven uh, carries to Devin Singletary for seven touches, but uh, that shouldn't have not have had a big effect on Frank Gore. He was going back to Miami. That's where he's from. That's where he went to school. So it's kind of you know him going back to Miami was kind of a sort of a a mini revenge game because he spent the one year last year, but. Uh, nothing too major there. Uh, the Chris Carson fail uh, was a little bit surprising considering the fact that Seattle got behind so quickly. Um, so the game script totally got flipped on its end. And that's what happened there. So if you ran Chris Carson, I did run him. Uh, I ran him a little bit more in GPP because um, I went Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, and Josh Jacobs in all my cash games. So... Um, yeah, it's really, really, really disappointing, but that's not on Chris Carson. Uh, he was actually running really well against that Ravens, that Ravens front. That was all game script. So kudos to the Ravens for knocking him out. Uh, GPP Saquon Barkley fell a little bit short of expectations. Um, kind of hit more of his floor because of the still dealing with that ankle injury. Now he had a hiccup. In that game where, I shouldn't say hiccup because it sounds like saying like he fumbled, but uh, he had a little bit more of a hitch in his giddy up uh, uh, sometime into the game where we didn't know if he was uh, re-injured that ankle and was going to come back or if they were going to sit him out because they started getting way behind um, uh, to the Arizona to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but luckily he came back onto the field. Uh, Derrick Henry was a, was a good play. That one worked out. Uh, Devonta Freeman got himself fucking kicked out. That's what happened there. So that was a fail. Uh, Tevin Coleman failed. Now, I knew that rain was coming in there, and that's why I kind of went to more of a, you know, running and, and the defense even though the defense has been great, and it was Washington, so the defense was definitely in play. But with all the rain that was expected to come in there, I figured it was going to be more of a ground-and-pound game, and I'm kind of surprised that they failed nearly as as much as they did. Uh, I know they have had injuries across the offensive line, 
which is taking some guys out. But um, I still would have thought that they would have had a little bit more success uh, this week running the ball against Washington Redskins. Uh, there is talks now that Joe Staley is going to be back sooner rather than later, so we're going to keep an eye on that. Uh, hopefully he can get himself back here uh, as fast as humanly possible. Uh, then you have the whole David Johnson, Chase Edmonds fiasco. Um, I, I had said if, if, it's Chase, if it's Chase Edmonds starting this game, we're putting Chase Edmonds in. It was still getting, you know, we were still talking Sunday morning what to, what to do about that whole thing, and and uh, it was kind of a wait and see. There's just no way that you can really put him in there confidently um, with, with David Johnson being around because they're going to take away from each other so much. But, I mean, you're seeing what the upside, the complete upside. That is a complete ceiling game from Chase Edmonds. But now you know what he can do at any point in time if he gets the starting nod. The only bad part is is that now everybody knows what kind of a ceiling he has if he's going to get full carries, uh, which he did this last weekend. And got a couple of pass targets, but he didn't really need to do anything in the passing game. Uh, due to the fact that he was just absolutely bludgeoning the shit out of the New York Giants. So that's something to kind of keep attention on. That's why that's why I was like a couple weeks ago, I said, go get Edmonds, go get Edmonds, go get Edmonds. And I know Steve Renner in the chat was like, go get Edmonds, go get him. We're very high on him. When Steve and I are both on a guy... That is a guy that you need to go get. So you don't need any more poking and prodding on there. If you fail to go get him, then you missed every single chat that we've had about Chase Edmonds. Moving on to wide receiver, we've talked about Cooper Cup. Uh, was top option for myself and Cash. Uh, I did not have as much T.Y. Hilton as I wanted. Uh, That was due to price. Uh, That would have been the guy now. Unfortunately, that would have been the guy I would have went to um, had I had to come up from Alan Lazard. Hilton had a very good matchup. He's always done well against Houston, especially in Indianapolis. So um, definitely wish I would have had more of that, especially in my GPP lineups uh, based off of the core four. Uh, would have had a, an even better day than I did this last weekend. Kenny Galladay, fail. Kenny Galladay, if anybody remembers, because apparently nobody remembered the Friday podcast where I was falling, yes, I was falling asleep while doing the podcast because I was only on two hours of sleep. I had talked about this whole thing with Kenny Galladay, that he had Trey Waynes on him. I wish, and I said, I wish he was lined up on Xavier Rhodes. It was going to pull some ownership off of him, and Rhodes is the guy that is continually getting beat in multiple weeks. It's the last couple weeks before Detroit was Allen Robinson, and then you had uh, Alshon Jeffrey, and there was another guy in there too. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken. I can't just, just can't remember it. But he's had like three consecutive weeks of getting beat. So the reasoning behind pulling doing Kenny Galladay over Marvin Jones was the fact that his price was his price was cheap, and that's what attracted me to him. And he has way more upside as a younger wide receiver and a better pass receiver than Marvin Jones. So if he had and and his matchup ratings against both Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes were almost identical. So no matter which side of the field they were going to flip, if they wanted to flip Kenny Galladay, they could have done it and he could have had just that same day that Marvin Jones had. The only thing is when Stafford wants to lock on to a fucking receiver, if he's feeling it, if they're hot with it, he's going to keep feeding that receiver. It just so happened it was Marvin Jones. He had talked about it in the chat or uh, on the podcast. I said I kind of liked both of them. I kind of wanted to run both of them, but I was going to pick Galladay over Marvin Jones for the reasons that I just discussed. But I could see a stack with both wide receivers and Matthew Stafford. The matchup was correct. Minnesota can get beat over the top as long as they have taller, faster wide receivers. That's what you're looking for. So, like, guys like Galladay and Marvin Jones, Allen Robinson. <sighs> Alshon Jeffrey is taller. He's not quite as fast. But he's a no-nonsense veteran that knows how to deal with Rhodes. He's dealt with Rhodes a lot when he was in Chicago when he was healthy. So, that's the reason for Kenny Galladay. DJ Chark, fail. God damn it. But I had him. I had. I was on D.D. Westbrook, though. I believe I put him in there. Uh, Golden Tate, eh, not bad. John Brown, good. Larry Fitzgerald, fuck Larry Fitzgerald. I am not taking a wide receiver for fucking Arizona for a while until something happens and there's some kind of a turnaround. He's getting the matchups and they're not utilizing it. Yeah, you can say it was all about Chase Edmonds and stuff in there. There's something really wrong with Larry Fitzgerald. And it could just be that old age has finally gotten to him. Uh, Calvin Ridley uh, will just blame uh, the Matt Ryan quote-unquote injury. Um, Him coming out of the game completely killed Ridley's value. He was doing good. He was actually doing good up until that point. And then Matt Schaub just locked on to Austin Hooper, who, again, if you have Austin Hooper, it's awesome. And then we had Alan Lazard. We already talked about him. Julio Jones would have been great if he would have got the touchdown. Got his 100 yards. Uh, He was on it. DeAndre Hopkins. He hit it. Talked about it. We liked him. Robert Woods. Just, you know, that's the whole thing. They they are beating the Atlanta Falcons, and they didn't have to pass anymore. All three wide receivers were actually right next to each other in terms of points. Goff could pass to any which guy that he wanted at any given time, 
any of them could have had the wide receiver that brought us to Brandon Cooks, uh, who underwhelmed, but he was actually doing really, really good until they didn't have to pass the ball anymore. Tyler Lockett got it done again. That is Russell Wilson's favorite guy. Uh, Will Fuller uh, pulled the hamstring in the first quarter. He can't really knock a guy for getting injured. Um, had a good matchup on there. Just didn't get it done. Um, I'll give him a pass on there. DK Metcalf, holy fuck, dude. Hold on to the ball, and he would have had a pretty good day uh, with Seattle trying to come back. Tight ends. Evan Ingram failed. Some people might be saying, is Arizona getting better against the tight end? Nope, got vultured by Red Ellison. Holy fuck. All it would have taken Evan Ingram to not fail was just to have that one touchdown, and you would have been okay with it. Austin Hooper, success. Because it's Austin Hooper, it's a dirt cutter offense. He's always going to be highly involved. Mark Andrews. <laughs> Look. It was raining. I get it. Ball slips out. Plus, add in the fact that just Lamar Jackson just started taking off. But, again, um, he was Lamar's favorite target. Uh, just kind of sucks that he couldn't hold on to the couple of balls that he dropped. Uh, otherwise, he would have had a probably would have had a decent day. But we still do attack Seattle with tight ends. Uh, Hunter Henry, not too bad. Not in cash. I mean, he didn't, like, go nuts. But, I mean, when you get, you know, several pass receptions for somewhere around about 80 80 to 90 yards. So, you know, he pretty much kind of, like, hit his floor. We're trying to look. We're trying to look somewhere around, you know, 12 to 15. But it's all going to be based on price. If his price goes up, then we have to think about pulling back. Uh, George Kittle, uh, he was the only pass target that I was looking at in that game. Uh, couldn't get it done, of course. You know, they hit a fucking monsoon, so what do you want? Darren Waller absolutely went nuts. And not only got one touchdown, he got two touchdowns. I did not have enough Waller in my lineups. Ugh. And the thing of it is this week is I don't think people are going to track to him. Uh, this week, because the matchup on paper does not look all that great. They are facing the Houston Texans. Um, but if Tyrell Williams is out, we can look to Waller again, even with, you know, stupid Foster Monroe taking, uh, taking away targets and stuff. Um, the DVOA data shows a good matchup, and the pro football focus rating... Uh, safety rating of who's going to be covering him, uh, which oh, I always want to say it's Tyron Matthew, but he's back in Kansas. He's in Kansas City now. But um, he's got a really good rating um, as far as coverage. Uh, it's just the DVP numbers are lacking, and that's due to the fact that nobody really wants to attack Houston with the tight ends. They're attacking in the outsides, and you'll see that again this week. Um, with Houston acquiring uh, Oakland's uh, former co- uh, cornerback, 
uh, former number, uh, former first round pick from 2017 in Gary and Conley. So they're going to attack Conley, or everybody's going to want to attack Conley. And I think what we're really going to want to do is we're going to want to pivot over to Darren Waller. Um, double check his price, but I think it only went up just a shade. So, not too bad. Um, defenses, Buffalo Bills, not great, didn't kill you. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, awesome. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars, fucking told you. Don't ever fucking play the goddamn Bengals when I pick the defense against them. Uh, GPPs, uh, Bears failed. Um, and the Saints, if I remember correctly, the Saints didn't do too bad. They didn't really kill your lineup and stuff, but for a GPP, we wanted a little bit more. Uh, the goal, the goal was to really kind of attack, um, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, who can be a tire fire, and really, he—I mean—he wasn't doing all that much. wasn't They weren't really turning the ball over too much, uh, which is kind of what I was hoping for. But don't run against the fucking New Orleans Saints defense. That is key. Um, I looked at Latavius Murray. I was still kind of—I don't know. There's just. I like the Saints. I like the Saints because they do want to get that running back involved. It's just whether or not I can believe a team can really is really going to chalk it up and try and get it done. Um, I had more trust, I think, than in Bridgewater than I ever did really in Latavius Murray getting stuff done. But hey, he proved me wrong. So um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to kind of travel over to Lat Murray. Uh, his price has gone up. Um, the sites, but uh, whether or not I'm going to use them or not is another story. Um, Friday morning, we'll go over a little bit more of the slate. I'll have, uh, I'll definitely have the spreadsheet done at a decent time tomorrow. And we can get go through uh, the Thursday night game. We have the Redskins at Minnesota. Great great contests they give us for our single game slates but uh, that's it that's the week in review um, oh before I forget yes I missed Aaron Rodgers yes the Packers tricked me again um, I thought Aaron Rodgers could have a decent game I didn't think he was going to have a, he could have a game like what he did um, so Rogers fooled us all. I don't know if we can go back to him so much in the Kansas City game. I think it's going to be more of an Aaron Jones week looking at everything because um, we like our running backs against KC defense. We're not buying into what we saw against the Denver Broncos because the Denver Broncos are so fucking shitty. So... I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We'll talk showdown. Have a good one. Enjoy the rest of your day.